audio. I I honestly I thought it was going to be worse. Hello everybody. You sneaky bastard. <laughs> I got to catch you. Smelling this and then you I got to catch you off guard creepy. every once in a while. So Glad you're back to do your half of this podcast. Yeah, last last week you were well, in. Um, I was in an airport. Would you? I would much rather yes, have been here. Yes, you were. For whatever reason, you were stuck in an airport. I I still don't know why you were stuck in an airport in in Dallas, Texas. Well, I th- I think the storm that went through that stretched from Dallas to essentially Sioux Falls. I think caused a lot of flight delays and and planes and crews couldn't get to where they needed to get to. So everybody was behind. Crews yeah, were behind, pilots were behind. Yeah, I mean our plane was there. They just sent it somewhere else when it was time for us to get on it. Oh, I just thought maybe you could get on there and be like, "I got this, folks." Well, they, sit back and relax. They they fly themselves most anymore. Most people don't, they? don't care about this, but the plane, they were supposed to be a flight back to Rapid. Monday night yeah. that got out onto the tarmac and then they said the crew timed out so they had to come back and unload everybody again, which I think made a lot of them mad. Didn't you know before they pulled out well, away uh, that the crew was thought, going to time out? You'd have thought one of them would have had a watch. Yeah. Anyway, so I would have thought that if the plane's there and the crew couldn't go anywhere <laughs> the night before, that theoretically the plane and the crew should still be there in the morning when everybody gets ready to leave. Lo and behold, the plane was there. And the crew was, quote unquote, late. God, the, so the crew's were, been delayed. So how long were you just at the airport then? We got to the airport at about seven thirty, and we left Dallas at six thirty p.m. Almost twelve damn hours. Of and we got airport. yeah. Then we got to Denver at about eight, and flew out of there at about eight fifteen or eight thirty, and we got back to our. I pulled into my garage right at about ten thirty, so it was a. It's a long day. It was a whatever fifteen a or day. sixteen hour day. Yeah, it was well, a doozy. Well, you were doing that. I was sitting with buying fifteen dollar Bloody Marys. It was <laughs> fucking horrific. I was sitting with the uh, the the lovely Sheila from Sazerac. You were in you were in Texas. I did. I did. Uh, they did have a lot of very nice bottles at the bars in the airport in Dallas. Well, that's something to to say then. They had Weller really? and Blends, Eagle Rare, each Taylor. They had a pretty pretty fair selection. Pretty good selection. Well, I was drinking. They uh, didn't have that at the Capital One Venture Concierge booth or whatever we ended up in. The but best. that was still free. So it you was know, free. I didn't. Complain. I did see an Uncle Nearest that I really kind of. Right. That's, that's the one I got there. Um, you didn't get to be here with Sheila, which is too bad. I she didn't. was she was a blast as always. Oh yeah. Um, so if you didn't listen to that podcast, go back and listen to last week's because we talked about the brand new uh, whiskey from Chris Stapleton and Buffalo Trace, which is uh, Traveler is what it's called. Um, I did get a chance to taste that on. Thursday was it was it is, way better than I thought. The 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 more I thought about it, the more now I put that in my top three list of whiskeys I would give to somebody that's never had whiskey. Let's before. try it. That's starting yep. out. That yeah. wanted to get into it. Super smooth, easy to drink. Not too much so burn. Ninety no. proof though. Yeah, they really mellowed that out and blended it well to cut out a ninety proof bourbon 
or not a bourbon. It's not a bourbon. It's not a, a whiskey. Bourbon. That's I think that's part of why it's so easy. It's it's got a Canadian blend in it too. Doesn't why can't it? why? Well, I think it's yeah. I think it has a fair amount of that. I, I don't know why a lot of you uh, Canadian whiskeys. You just, just can't figure that out. <laughs> just, <laughs> just blend it a little bit better, and maybe maybe it'll be pretty good. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, we, we've found a couple of Canadians that we like, but they have to they have to age for a long, long time. They're all on letter, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. We like the yeah, Wisers. That's, that's what we likes about you, Miss Katie's. Uh, that's what you likes about me. Yeah, huh? Oh, my. Yeah, that's um, just a lot of things that likes about. Never mind. Go and ahead. we like the Caribou Crossing. I mean, they they were they were good. I did make a mistake in that episode that I was going to cut out, but I decided to leave in. It had been a long day when we were talking with Sheila last week. Did you get called on it by and, somebody? Uh, well, I was, uh, I, Sheila, I was, uh, <laughs> well. I said, we had bought a, we had got a bottle of this Caribou Crossing because she brought it up. I believe that's a Sazerac product too. And yeah, so, Blantons, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said, uh, I said, I know Rob bought a bottle of it because uh, like the Blantons, it has the cool animal on top. And without thinking, because it had been a long day and I was kind of tired, I said, what, what is that? Like a, like an elk or a, or uh, what is it? Uh, moose? It's, she's like, it's in the name. Pumpkin. She said, that's a, that's a caribou. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my hey, God. Don't talk to me yes. about long days. <laughs> I know. I would maybe residually, I was, I was feeling the effect of your long day yeah, maybe. in the long day up here too. So, but it was, yeah, I, I, I recommend buying a bottle of it. I think it's, it's easy to drink. I think it's good. Uh, there's not good. Don't buy it secondary for God's sake. There will be plenty of this. There were people selling it. That day, last Tuesday, $200 online, and people were paying it. You're insane. I know. I, I, I can't believe. Just just give it a minute, people. It's something that's brand new. It'll get here. Well, I think Sheila told me that she she didn't think that the folks out here ordered enough of it. That's true. There was only 140 cases, I think, in the state or something like that, she said, which is woefully underprepared yeah. for something like that. Uh, speaking of uh, Sazerac, though, can we... Can we can we mention anything about what's uh, what's coming from them? And uh, yeah, I don't know why not. Because um, we're we're almost finalizing the list now yeah, for whiskey fest. I've, I've been typing up the list to update the website with the whiskeys for the whiskey Fe- Mountain West Whiskey Festival right. um, coming up March 9th. March niner. And so after I got back, I talked to Sheila about some of the specialty stuff that she has she's holding for us from Sazerac. So the deal is we can pick two out of three, right? But wait, we get all three, we get all, but one of them We get has... all three, but right. but there's a there's a there's a caveat on one of them. Okay. So there's a I've got it written down. A Pappy 12, a Pappy 15 and a Blanton's straight from the barrel. Okay, so we those are the three top notch platinum room whiskeys that we're getting from Sheila. The trick is we're going to we're going to raffle one of those off. And we can't decide which one to raffle off. Yeah, we get to pick, but you and I are debating. Yeah. So if anybody that's listening to this wants to weigh in, That'd be a good idea if you listen to this. We may or may not listen to you. <laughs> we don't listen to anybody. My, uh, my thought is is that we keep the Blantons just because it's a one and then a one off, and then we e- we keep either the twelve or the fifteen, and then auction the other. You want to do They're the fifteen? Auctioned. I want to do the twelve for the auction. 
The right. raffle. Ra- let's the do raffle. raffle. Raffle, not auction. Raffle. We're not gonna humana humana humana. No, that's my that's that's our dilemma right now. So yeah, if you listen to this and you go to our Facebook page, you tell us which one you would rather. If you were gonna be in a raffle, which one would you want to raffle for? Which one would you like to win? I would like to know your opinion on it. I think that'd be interesting. So you can just well, go to I Facebook. Really, I don't really. Dot com slash. I'd like to hear your opinion. I don't know <laughs> if I really care. No, I want. Yeah, I want your opinion. I want to know. Let's let's come on, Rob. Let's, let's get the people Houston, involved. Houston's far more caring than I am. I just uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. So I would love to know. Just tell us. Would you rather win a bottle of Pappy Fifteen, Pappy Twelve, or the Blantons? Um, All right. Straight from the yeah. So, so in that in that realm, we're gonna you know obviously sell raffle tickets. Yeah. We are going to donate one hundred percent of those proceeds to a local charity. Right. Uh, which Sheila gave me a couple of them as uh, options that are near and dear to her heart. I'm sure we have some here at Home Slice that. So we'll arm wrestle that, for that, that too. That then we are near and dear to as well. And then we, I kind of joked with her that we'd maybe we'd put all four of them in a hat and pull one out, or <laughs> that'd be the fairest way. Or, or we, you know, we give half to one of hers and half to one of ours. Or that's not a bad. I idea. mean, it's as long as it's going to a good cause. I don't particularly care where it goes. No. Um, yeah. Exactly. I'm as long as there way. isn't some CEO making two million dollars running the damn thing, I'm I'm pretty easy. Now keep in mind that these aren't just the these aren't just, I'll go ahead and cut that for you there. These aren't just the uh, these aren't the only three bottles that are in the platinum room. These no. are just uh, these yeah, are sorry just, about that, folks. No, we we were just excited to because I know last year we didn't get a chance to have a pappy in the platinum room at all. No, we so didn't. so I mean we did double the amount of bottles that we had in there. Yeah, we had we had generally we have twelve or fifteen bottles in the platinum room, and last year I think we had. 22 20 or 24 or something yeah. like that pretty close and we still will have a fair amount there, in there again this year i've i've got a list that's fairly substantial now, now yeah remember I, I have the other idea i want to do for the platinum room this year and i know this doesn't matter to people listening really because the platinum tickets have already been sold out okay um but if you do have platinum tickets i'm going to find a bourbon that you should be familiar with that i want you to guess what it is, right? So if you're in the platinum room and we pour it, and you take a this sip. This was my idea. This was my idea. I think you're and drunk. and then whoever gets it right will win a platinum ticket for next year's whiskey festival. I want to see just how good God, you platinum drinkers. No, it wasn't your idea. You got it was sabotaged mine. by drinking traveler with Sheila last week. <laughs> we did not. We talked about it before I left. Right, but it was my idea. It was not. It was. I won't, I won't, you I won't. have a lot of good ideas. This just wasn't one of them. <laughs> okay, Robbie. Let's talk substantial whiskey stuff. You want to talk substantial? So anyway, if there's more than one person that guesses, or you're not going to give everybody a platinum no, ticket, right? No, it's then, then it goes to drawing. Going to a drawing. Yep. Yep. We'll see though. I'm gonna I'm gonna test I'm gonna test people's knowledge. Do you have a bottle in mind? No, I don't yet. Because you I'm, realize we're going to actually have bunch. to find a bottle, right? Yeah. We know people, though. We know people, I think, that could help us out. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just, are you going to do any of the legwork on that? Or no, you not just, at all. No, no, no. I don't, I don't do that. That's your I'm idea. The, I'm the Cl- idea. Apparently, it's your I'm idea. The Maybe idea you should guy, find the bottle. But then, like, you with your connections have to go out and get we it. We have the same connections. I'm just not yeah. afraid to ask. I know. I'm still afraid. What's my <laughs> motto, though, this year, Rob? I don't know. Always say yes. No, yeah. That's my I'll motto this year. Yes. So we were talking earlier about um, 
the oldest, can, or no, not the oldest. Can I? Oh, yes. No. <laughs> the most expensive bottle sold. Uh, we had this on the podcast a while back. McAllen Adami, I believe is what it was called. 60-year-old bottle of scotch. Was bottled in 1926. Bottled in 86. No, in a barrel in 26. Yeah, bottled bottle in 86. 86. Only 40 bottles existed. $2.7 million. That record's just been beat as of a day or two ago. No kidding. 30-year-old Irish single malt. The Emerald Isle. The Craft Irish Whiskey Company confirmed selling the rare bottle to collector Mike Daly for an unprecedented $2.8 million. So by $100,000. This this was this was yeah, beat. Good for Mike Daly. It's recognized as the rarest triple distilled single malt in existence. Now holds the distinction for the most expensive. Uh, There's going to be some pie hole <laughs> shoveling a bottle of scotch out there for three here oh, in, I just, in two weeks. I, yeah, I'm, 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 I have a feeling there's going to be an arms race now, right, to find the most expensive. It's like, which one's better, the Picasso or the Van Gogh? It's like, this yeah. bottle comes encased in a walnut box. It's a single decanter. It houses a Fabergé egg embedded with an emerald gem, a custom-made timepiece, and two Cohiba cigars. Did I say that right? Cohiba, C-O-H-I-B-A. Are they good cigars? I'm sure I I haven't had those, but yeah, Cohiba makes a decent cigar. But that just leads me to, so were you paying for all of that other crap in there? Well, I don't know. Did the scotch have all the fancy stuff, or was it just the scotch? No, it was just the scotch, just the bottle. You probably got, um, you know, I don't know what a Fabergé egg goes for, but. I didn't even think those were a thing. Remember when we used to have the Fabergé egg place out on Deadwood Avenue? Yeah. <laughs> when, that was a, when that was a thing? Is it still a thing? I don't know. Do I, I look either. like somebody who collects Fabergé eggs? The way you're sitting right now, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You just look very comfortable. I am comfortable and, uh, with that. Don't want, a, just, don't want an egg. I just, I just imagined you holding kind of one in your hand and kind of spinning it as you're staring at it, well, sitting in the chair. smoking a Cohiba. Right, and, I have Cohiba and your Fabergé egg in one hand. <laughs> <laughs> the Emerald Isle sitting over here. Like, why aren't you holding the whiskey and Because it's $2.8 million. Dollars. I, <laughs> Jesus, I wouldn't want to drop it. This guy said that he's probably going to crack the seal on it and drink it. Which would be... Hey, Mike, if you're listening, cool. <laughs> you know, if you want to come on and talk about it, yeah, we would love to have you on and uh, and bring that in. I don't know you who he is. You can keep the egg. Yeah, and the cigars. I'm fine with that, too. If you're going to bring the cigars, we'll have to go outside. I don't need the custom-made timepiece. But, yeah, he, he he claimed, I believe, in the article that I saw that he wanted to drink it. So that led to, because the whole reason I, I was, I come across this was because the article that I saw leading up to this was Scotch whiskey sells for $2.7 million, dot, dot, dot. Why? That was the headline. And for some reason, that got me thinking. Exactly. Why? Why does it sell for $2.7 million? Why does this Emerald Isle sell for $2.8 million? Because some people have way too much money in their bank account. You made the point, though, of it being an investment. Uh, now, yeah. if Mike opens this bottle of Emerald Isle, it's not an investment anymore. No, then it's way to go, Mike. Right. 
You had three million dollars and you bought a bottle of whiskey well, I bet to drink. It wasn't a drink. his only three million dollars. No. He's probably got a bunch of zeros that were hanging out with the others. <laughs> what, if, what if it was though? What if that was like his only hell, three million dollars? It's like, hey man, I won three million dollars in the lottery. Yep. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy this whiskey and drink it. <laughs> Look at the cojones on Mike. Yep, and Mike works as a I don't know. Yeah, he works as a gas station he's right. attendant. He's a gas station attendant. Nothing wrong with being a gas station attendant, but you're not going to have three million dollars unless are. you won the lottery, right? Yeah. Got a scratcher. But the good, yeah, the, the question to ask there is, you know, you could state the obvious, I suppose. Like you said, it's an investment. So 40 bottles left of a whiskey that was in a barrel for 60 years. You buy you buy it for $2.7 million. I wonder how many of those bottles got cracked in 1986. And like, is this the only one left? Well, but being in a barrel for 60 years, are there going to be more than 40 bottles worth of whiskey in no. that barrel? I wouldn't At that think. point, I wouldn't think so. I mean, you 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 just take percentage of angel share already, or multiply that times sixty. You know, for how much you lose a year. My, what they say, two percent a year, or two percent over four years. I don't know. Something like that is what it would be, wouldn't it? That that factoid went in one area, <laughs> got replaced by something. You're the, you're supposed the, to be better at math than the, me. I can do math. I just don't know what the number started at. But then this uh, this is this will sneak up on you and ruin your day i think in a good way though yeah i know is, we're gonna we want to talk about what we're drinking here in a second because anyway, go back to your thing no, I, no, no. yes i do think it is i do think when you're gonna spend three million ish on a bottle of whiskey it's a collector deal not a you're an art collector at that point unless you're mike who's gonna crack this bottle of iris whiskey it's it's like hanging the picasso on your wall or the van gogh you Except you don't actually get to enjoy the whiskey. Well, I like the point of this article. That was that was kind of one point they made, investment. But then they say that now, though, people are desperately searching for authenticity when it comes to the things that they want to purchase and enjoy and like. Right? So that's why so many of these whiskeys are now... So that's another reason we should talk about this thing. <laughs> what we're drinking right now? Yeah. You don't think this is authentic? Is that what I'm getting right now? Well, no, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and somehow we bought it. Uh, uh, authenticity. Um, they, they, it's, it's hard to define that word, it's though, right? It's not going to keep me from having another no, snort of it. No, definitely do. Um, so they say that uh, authenticity revolves around adhering to internal ex or external standards, examples of which include adhering to personal values or meeting specific criteria for certain products, like vintage cars and artisanal food and craft beer, right? So with what would you say what you're drinking right now though Rob is authentic? No. Why? Well, because it talks about being it's bottled and produced under the authority of somebody in Washington or Idaho and it's actually distilled in Indiana. Right. It's a, it's an MGP product. Yeah, that doesn't mean that it's not good. Right. It is quite tasty, but I think that authenticity is not it not in this case because it's it's telling the story of Idaho pear and peachwood and then it's I mean it's finished there but it's produced in Indiana. When you're looking to buy whiskey, does authenticity play into it at all? We've been up and down that path, you and I both. Um where the the fact that it's sourced on occasion seems to set either okay or poorly with us, depending. Um, 
there are plenty of good whiskeys that are produced and distilled by the companies that are selling them, and then there's plenty of good whiskeys that are produced and sold but distilled by somebody like MGP or, or others that are sourcing the whiskey originally. I Generally, I will look for it to see where it's, if it's distilled right. as an MGB product or MGP product. But that doesn't necessarily dissuade me from purchasing it. It makes me, at least I know the actual story to one degree or another when, I, when I'm having it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, they And we were talking a little bit earlier about Canadian whiskeys, the Traveler to be specific, which is a blended, mostly blended Canadian whiskey. Um, we've talked about Canadian whiskeys that we like. Weiser's 18 is right up there on the mm-hmm. list. Um, they did a study on Canadian whiskey and revealed that distilleries could leverage their physical features and local character to enhance the perceived authenticity of their product. Bottles from older, more established distilleries were regarded as more authentic and hence commanded higher prices. Consequently, whiskeys from newer factory style distilleries had less appeal. So, but that's, that's what's happening with some of these, you know, craft distill, you know, craft whiskeys too, is they're telling the story, but they're sourcing the product. You and I have joked about coming up with a label for, you know, whiskey at work, <laughs> whiskey that. Oh, I have a. I still yeah, have a great one written that, and ready to go. That we could, you know, yeah. that, you know, Rob and Mark were tracing around the woods <laughs> and fell down a gold shaft, or you know, I mean, it's. Maybe I'll read that at the end of this podcast. Oh God, please don't. <laughs> but you know what I mean. That the authenticity then is lost. It's it. That doesn't mean that it's not a decent product and you shouldn't drink it. It's just know, know what you're getting when you buy it. Well, I think a recent example of, of that is that Fry Ranch that we've had, which hasn't been around that long, right? right? But it's it ended up being a very good, a really good bourbon to drink. Um, and so I guess if your definition of authentic is the fact that you like it and you like the bottle and you like its story, then that's all that matters. Is that what it comes down to, sort of? Well, it's to me, the authenticity comes from trying not to deceive the people, right? There's, there, to me, there's a... Like Sam Adams still calling themselves a craft brewery? Well... That's deceiving. Well, a little. But, but to <laughs> me... But, but to yeah, okay... Sam Adams, to me, the Sam Adams thing, they probably started out as a craft brewery, but now their volume is such that it's, you know, craft to me insinuates that it's, you know, a small batch type of product, especially when it comes to brewing. You're not, you're not, you don't have a mass assembly line. You're, you know, you're brewing this one batch at a time, and that's the way we're going to do it, blah, 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 right? Well, in-house standard, I suppose, would be the term they would use. Well, you said that earlier in our in our discussion offline here, but, you know, there's a, there's a brewery here in town that has an off-site brewing facility and a tasting room in town. Now, they still do some of their brewing here in town as well, but does that, does the stuff that is is brewed off-site is that not craft brewing? no it's not no i don't know i have no idea <laughs> you know what i mean yeah to me that's still it's still that to me that's still craft brewing and and it's a damn good product 
Sam Adams, to me, is with national distribution, is is has brewed its way out of being able to call itself a craft brewer. So then, speaking of authenticity, um, so I suppose, so it doesn't matter if they're large mass. Let's say you just take Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels, you would call authentic. Yeah. Right. Well, they've got a history. They they hold true to their story and their brand. Um, yeah, I I think they're probably one of the better examples of examples it? of being authentic. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I people that are listening, feel free to disagree with me. I'd, right. But I mean, to me, that's you know, it's it the authentic, authentic. <laughs> your, that's but, your second glass. Yeah. No kidding. Um, but like even say, say proof artisan in, in Fargo, which we, mm-hmm. I mean, they're authentic. They're, they getting their grain from North Dakota. They've told us, told the story they're distilling on site or they're distilling their own product. They're aging their own product. You know, they're, that to me is they're holding true to their ideals and their story. This less so. I mean, and again, I don't want to say that this isn't a good product. I am thoroughly enjoying this. This is a yeah. nice, easy drinking, smooth whiskey. But when when you you know, hey man, we're produced by so and so in Idaho or wherever it says, and then you look a little yeah. There's closer, a lot. There's a lot of states on here. <laughs> you know, I really look at it. Yeah. Um. And and again, I want to stress that I don't think that that makes it. A good product or a bad product. It's just so it's still all your preference. It, yeah, it's, all what you it's, it's just a little, you know, in the in the super small fine print. It's like, oh, by the way, this is right. made in Indiana. Well, what we're drinking is called Through the Woods. It's made by Outdoor Whiskey. We we didn't buy its predecessor. No, we did not. Well, which is I, I over the river. No, stop it, God! You've been waiting to make that joke this whole episode. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, since it showed up here after Christmas. It's Black Rock Spirits in Seattle, Washington, bottled by Black Rock Spirits in Caldwell, Idaho, distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Right. Okay. So three different places. I'm assuming Black Rock, those same company, just in Washington and Idaho. Um, this has a mash bill of 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% malted barley. So it's it's uber sweet with all that corn in there. Yeah, that's really nice. Um. It's straight bourbon whiskey, so it only had to spend to be straight bourbon. It means it had to be two years minimum, right? In uh, in a new American oak. Uh, it's finished though. The reason why I picked this and had Chris J, our engineer, bring it back from his little vacation over the holidays to his home state of Washington, was because it is uh, it's finished in pear and peach wood. Which I thought was very, very unique. It it does say on there, I believe, that it is finished in pear and peach in Idaho, correct? Yes. And from pear and peach wood from Idaho. Yep. Uh, char branches uh, of pear and peach wood from the orchids, orchids, orchards of the Treasure Valley, Idaho, and use them in a unique finishing process. I'm guessing they use this a lot like a spire. I'm very, wondering. I, yeah, I... I, I if they say they char branches of pear and peach wood. That would make sense. So they're just plopping it in there like Oak and Eden, right? Well, I would I'm assume. I'm hoping it's a little more complex than that. <laughs> but... Cut it on, Rod. Throw it well, in there, or, chunk. You know, are they taking the barrels and then removing the bung and putting the pear and peach in there as well? I mean, I don't know. On the nose, right away I got pear. The peach came out a little bit later. 
You definitely got it. You want to make that joke too that you're so happy to make? It's just going to get you in trouble. All right, so don't make. Don't make that one. Sorry, fellas. The peach comes second. <laughs> um, but for a two-year whiskey, doesn't taste like it. Tastes it like does it was not. In, tastes like it was in the barrel for almost a full four years. It does not taste that young. Again, it, it, it's very easy. Not a lot after you swallow it. There's a lip, just a hint of a burn. It's 86 proof. Very easy on your tongue, too. You get you get the pear and the peach that come out quite a bit, I think. Yeah, definitely. That sweetness for sure. I yeah. think that's that 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 sweetness smooths it immensely. Quite a, quite a bit. Yeah. I was I was worried when I saw this because Chris J, the guy who brought this back, is not a drinker. He doesn't drink at all. So I said, Chris, when <laughs> you get there. Didn't keep you from loving the hell out of the traveler last week. Though. I said, I said. Chris Stapleton's not a drinker either. Look how good that turned he out. He is. That's a big myth. Oh, is it? Chris He's, Stapleton does drink. He yes. do, oh, really? He had a, the, the reason, how that got all twisted is, is he was doing an interview and he said, you know, in my 20s and early 30s, I went really, really hard. And he said, I had to really cut back. I had to slow down a lot. Because it was going to kill me, okay? Kind of <laughs> like what we've all done, right, Chris Stapleton? Welcome to college. Exactly. And so he said there oh. were stretches where he didn't drink, but he said, I've never it's been like a... Like from noon to four on a yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, right. He said, but I've never been a non... I, I've never uh, given okay. it up completely. Well, see, then I'm, I'm, a, I'm more... I mean, even though I like the whiskey, I'm more on board now that he's not a teetotaler. Right, no, that he totally seemed, is. That just seemed weird. Our engineer is, though. Our engineer is a tea, yeah. And I said, I said, well, I'm gonna send you to some liquor stores. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. I said, when you get there, just take a picture of some of some local stuff that they might have. I would like to see what they've got on their shelves. And uh, there was one of these two bottles. I, like I said, I don't remember what the other one is. There's a we companion should, we bottle. We should have made this. him buy them both. Yeah, I should have. But then he didn't take his company card with him, and I was like, oh, that's gonna be that's a hassle that's at this a point. Rookie move, right? So uh, he's waiting on a check from the company right now. Still, <laughs> still, yeah. Which I'm kind of surprised. I told him I'd go buy him seventy dollars worth of whatever his favorite whatever was, uh, or whatever the price gonna, was. There's gonna be that's his <laughs> favorite whatever. Whatever, it's going whatever to, nerd stuff. Yeah, there's going to be uh, a, f- a Funko Pop or something. I don't know what are those. Maybe some of those things. Your next Amazon order, Chris. Just use the company right. card. Just put whiskey at work on it. But this is, um, yeah, this is this is really good. Can't buy it around here. Um, you know, I don't like to do a lot of podcasts where we're drinking stuff that can't normally be found. But if you find yourself in Idaho or Washington State <laughs> or, or Lawrenceburg or Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Indiana you might be able to try this there. I wonder, it, it is really good. That would be interesting if the if the MGP folks could sell all of the products that they actually produce, and they had just a big store. Didn't they? They don't they now go by Ross and Squibb Distillery? All right, whatever. Isn't that what it is? Um, Ross no, and that's not Squibb. it. MGP is now called Ross and Squibb Distillery. Kinda, <laughs> kinda. Is what the article says. Ross and Squibb Distillery, kinda, kinda incorporated, right? So, because they're making their own, they're making their own yeah. stuff, and I guess it's it's won some awards and stuff Remus too. Remus is theirs, isn't it? Oh, I think you're right. Almost. I'd have positive. to double check on that, but I believe you're right. It's really, um, it's really weird when you talk into your glass and into the microphone. <laughs> but don't do that. Just, just, just don't do that. I mean, it kind of sounds weird a little Leak bit, I suppose, I when you do that. When we were kids, we just we just talked into a fan. Mm-hmm. That's all we had. Remember, remember that, yep. kids? Darth Vader, man, it worked. 
<laughs> All right. Is Through the Woods authentic? I don't know. If you like it, I suppose it is. And I like it. So to me, it's authentic, Rob. Right there. Well, if yeah, fine. Mm. I don't agree with you, but. Okay. You don't have to. Um <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm not going to quit drinking it. There are still tickets available for Mountain West Whiskey Festival. You can go to mountainwestwhiskeyfestival.com. General admission and VIP tickets are still out there. Have you checked on what's left recently? I have. So we can kind of give people a rundown real quick. I mean, not that I remember. Um, There are VIP tickets left. There are GAs left for sure. What are we, six weeks out, seven weeks out? Non-sampling in there, too. And the list is hopefully going to be updated on the website. When? I need to run the list back by John over at the Rushmore. I would like somebody to take a look at it and see if we need to move anything around. I think I'm pretty solid on the platinum, but there might be stuff that, and I, you know, some of the stuff that should be VIP that right that needs to be moved. That we want to give everybody an little. absolutely wonderful experience. So just yeah. know that we put a lot of work into this uh, for sure. And it's more economical than some of the whiskey tastings that <laughs> I've seen tickets for lately. We're just not charging enough, Rob. Yeah. That, yeah. Damn. That That's going to be what comes out of this if oh, people are boy. actually getting what they're advertising on some of these I things. Like coming and sampling five bottles of something. Yeah. Jeepers. Creepers. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's unnerving. Mountainwestwhiskeyfestival.com. Um, the, the raffle that we were talking about earlier will be available to anybody with a ticket. Okay. So it's it ha- not gonna you have be, to have not, a ticket to the event, though. It's not going to be limited to the Platinum Room is what okay. I'm saying. But you have to have a ticket in order to, to well, you'll be have, part of the raffle. You'll have, to buy, you'll have to be at the event to buy the to ticket. To buy the ticket. Got it. So, okay. Cool. Uh, Excellent. De- details I don't think we've ironed out yet, but in my head I'm thinking like a $10 ticket. That'd be perfect. All right. Well, keep checking that buy, website. Buy as many as you want. Yeah. There's no limit. Unlimited. Okay. MountainWestWhiskeyFestival.com, coming up March 9th. Uh, Rob and I will be there. Uh, that's the reason why you're getting let, tickets. Let us, seriously, this is not a BS deal by me where we they, you know, where we talk about wanting you to come in and actually try this stuff. Right. Which we do, but... There's know, only been a few people that have taken us up on this. There, it's, so, it's been few and far between. Right. But, but this whole, the, the question about which one you would... Which one do you want to win, and, mm-hmm. and which one do you want to try? I'm, I'm really curious about that, because you and I differ. Yes, so please comment if you can. Uh, even even if it's in um, even it's uh, if it's if on our Facebook page, yeah. facebook.com slash whiskey work, or uh, I know we have people from the Dakota Whiskey Territory that listen as well. If you want to post it in that forum, too, we would, we would just anywhere. Just let us know. Email us if you want it. We don't have an email address. But, uh, uh, well, you can send it to a Houston at catradio.com. That's easy to remember. You can tell me that too if you want to, or I'd give you my phone number, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want <laughs> I don't want a bunch of text messages. But anyway, yeah, let us know um, from earlier in the podcast. We'd appreciate it. All right, that's uh, that's going to be it for this one. Two authentic fellas sitting here <laughs> drinking through the woods. Thanks. Thanks all. Hanging out. <laughs> we
Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey at Work. I am the producer and host, Mark Houston, along with Rob Henry. Our shows are engineered by Chris Jaquist, and the video and audio editing is done by our own Russ Haddon. If you like what you hear, we would love a five-star review wherever you rate your podcast and leave us a comment as well. It's Whiskey at Work on the Home Slice Audio Network. Thank you.